welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Horrorversary. If you're tuning in for the first time, I'm Adrian Torres. I am your host here as we go through this wonderful jaunt through the best that horror has to offer for basically all time. We are a very simple podcast with a, a nice little, you know, th thing we try to do, which is we're a podcast celebrating horror movies, celebrating anniversaries. None of the little, it's been five months since this movie came out, it's been a year. No, 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 we go for the milestones, for the 10 years, the 20, the 30, 40, 50 plus even. And as you'll see, as the months go on, that there are plenty of movies in the past from this period that are just so wonderful and taught. Of course, on this episode, we're going into the more recent history with just a movie that's only hitting a decade, but the effect that it's had in that decade ha has been great. And as time goes on, it just gets better and better and better, I think, in, in, in the film landscape. And we are talking about, from 2008, The Strangers. Now, for some of you out there, you might be saying, oh, The Strangers, are you talking about that because there was a sequel that came out this year? We'll, we'll get to that. That actually, actually leads into one of the questions beautifully. But when I think about The Strangers, I think about simplicity. I think of matter-of-factness. I think of just sheer dread and... Okay. Is Tamra? Um, oh, now, now I'm even scared. Even more. I, I, I was nervous just from the knocking, but... I, wh wait, what was that? Is Tamra home? Um... Give, give, give me, give me just a second. Um, okay. I'm, I'm creeped out, and then also slightly offended because that was our guest who decided to play a mean little trick on me. But our wonderful guest that we have tonight is somebody who, if you spend any time on the internet reading about horror, either recently or in the past, you know this individual. So please give a warm horrorversary welcome to one Mr. Jerry Smith. How's it going today, Jerry? I am absolutely great. How are you doing? I, I'm doing good, except for, you know, what you just did a second ago. Yeah, I know. I'm a joker. It's okay. For this movie, you know, that it's it's necessary. It's necessary. For the people out there who, for some reason, don't know who you are, can you give us a little background on who you are? Uh, sure. I'll, I'll try not to sound, you know, all ahead of myself or, you know, talking too much about myself. Uh, yeah, I, I write for way too many places. Uh, I used to write for Fangoria. Uh, I currently write for Whorehound, uh, Phantasm Media, uh, Shock Till You Drop. Uh, I used to write for Blumhouse, where it was awesome to get death threats for my pieces all the time. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I do that. Uh, filmmaker, I, I made a movie called Love is Dead. Uh, it's pretty depressing. But other than that, yeah, I'm, I'm always online making bad jokes and talking about movies i love that that's all we want especially someplace here we we want people who love film because i mean the main thing that we try to do at horrorversary is being bring people on who not only a love horror films but then people who are willing to just gush endlessly about you know whatever movies we're talking about at that time and, and you very much seem like a person who can do that for us tonight oh definitely i mean there's nothing i like more than just gushing about stuff I, I really dig especially the movie we're talking about today yeah and for the people who may not have seen on the internet you have taken a very permanent step in your love <laughs> with the strangers correct 
Yes, yes. I have a pretty massive uh, tattoo of the man in the mask. It's basically the cover of the Blu-ray. So, yeah. yeah. I've had that for, I think, about eight years, maybe seven. There you go. An early adopter, if you will. Which leads into the first question that we have, which is, when did you first see The Strangers? My relationship with that movie goes back a couple years before it came out. Uh, I went to Comic-Con in San Diego for a good, I'd say, about five, six years in a row. And uh, about a year or maybe two before the film came out, uh, they were still promoting it because the release date got pushed back and pushed back. But you'd have Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman and Brian Bertino and all these people going to Comic-Con to talk about the movie for a year or two, giving out signed posters and all this stuff. But the movie just kept getting delayed and delayed. But I went to a signing, I think, a year or two before the film came out, and the poster just really stood out to me. And what the poster was is – I don't know if any of uh, your listeners have the Scream Factory release, but is the alternate uh, artwork on that release. Okay. Uh, yeah, that one. They uh, Scott Speedman and Liv Tyler and Brian Bertino, they signed all those posters and stuff, and the, the imagery just stood out to me. I mean it, – it, 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 and then they showed a clip from the film, and – I was instantly just enamored by that movie, like well before I had seen it. Uh, when it did come out, I saw it opening night. I didn't sleep for almost a week. It is one of the only couple movies that like, legitimately just scared the absolute hell out of me. I went and saw it at least two or three times in that opening week, and it's since been my second favorite movie of all time. The only movie that I love more than The Strangers is John Carpenter's Halloween. I mean, that is my Bible you know, it, as far as like the Holy Trinity of horror, it is Halloween, The Strangers, and The Exorcist Three for me. Which two of those definitely lead into each other, so it, it makes sense, you know, because you you can easily say that The Strangers is cut from the same cloth as Halloween. Yeah, uh, both of those films. What what makes them so just powerful and just amazing uh, to me, and obviously to a lot of horror fans, uh, in my opinion, they're both disguised as something they're not. The Strangers is disguised as this, you know, home invasion film, blah, blah, blah. But essentially, kind of like Cloverfield, which, I mean, I'm sure I might be the only person that compared Cloverfield to The Strangers. Uh, what Cloverfield uh, was interesting to me is it was a really good love story disguised as a monster movie. And what The Strangers is to me to this day, and I've written countless articles on this, it's basically a fractured relationship and two people realizing that they really love each other and getting through all their stuff while being put through absolute hell. The Strangers are some of the best antagonists ever created, and they they serve as like catalysts to these two people on the outs with each other, finding themselves and finding each other. It's it's just amazing. So what you're saying is that The Strangers is really experimental immersion therapy. It is. Uh, the Strangers is, is is kind of a, a rom a rom com, or I don't know if it's like a dramedy. I don't know what the the term is, but yeah, it's it's one step away from being The Notebook, just with a little stabbing. <laughs> You, you got you got to go through it to know that you you really love someone, or exactly. as they say, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Oh, exactly. I mean, uh, I'm kind of known as the really depressed guy because of my film Love Is Dead, which I mean, that's <laughs> far from who I am. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love these awful, just depressing relationship films. For for those out there who are unfamiliar with The Strangers, which well, we're gonna say this right here. If you have not seen it, first of all, shame on you. Second right? of all, pause this, go watch it, and then come back. But for those who decide, I want to listen for a couple more minutes before I pause, please, in as few words as 
as possible, try to describe to the uninitiated what the strangers are. Oh my are. god, as few words as possible, oh no. Uh, basically, it's about this couple, James and Kristen. Uh, they are kind of at the end of their relationship, which is really sad because it should be kind of the beginning of their relationship because you know uh, we find out that James had proposed to Kristen she turned him down and he had planned this awesome getaway at his family's old house in the middle of nowhere put roses everywhere planned this whole thing and ultimately he got turned down so he's super depressed you could totally tell that they're like fractured and about to break up he wants to go home he doesn't want to be a part of this thing and then they get a knock at the door and their night goes straight to Denver's, try to stalk them for no reason other than the fact that they were home. It is terrifying and amazing. Yes, yes. And it's one of those that, that you say those many words and people think that that's going to be really long and drawn out. And I think one of the great things about the movie is that it it's great when it comes to economy. It knows that, hey, this is the amount of time that we have. We don't want the movie to run too long, kind of like we do with the podcast. We want to get in and out and done yeah. and it, it it very much takes all of that and condenses it and just moves forward like a freight train it's a freight train that you don't realize is going that fast because how everything is is stretched out so finely yeah. but but it's still it, it's very lean ineffective yeah and it's such a good example of uh less is more uh and it's such a good example of the power of just really great slow burn horror uh those are my favorite kind of films in general i love films that you have to invest in the characters before things happen and when they happen they happen uh another film i mean obviously it's a very different film than strangers but i would put strangers uh in the same category as a lot of films that uh, a24 makes you know hereditary the witch that kind of stuff uh you know there's there's definitely build-up involved and i think that's what's lacking from a lot of filmmaking especially in the horror genre I mean, I adore the horror genre. I'm such a huge fan of slasher films from the 80s. But when it comes to stuff that just makes makes me giddy, it's it's the slow burn stuff like the horror or the strangers. I mean, and with the strangers, of course, when we're looking at these movies and we're looking at when they were coming out and, and celebrating these anniversaries, the strangers comes out in 2008, which is at the tail end of the J horror craze. And it's in the middle uh, and kind of tail end of the extreme phase and you're starting to you're still like several months and maybe a year from when people are trying to do throwback films yeah and the strangers is very much different than what was on that landscape do you think that helped its longevity i think it came at uh, a time like you said where it was the kind of tail end of the j-horror and it was kind of almost towards the end of the french extreme and also the kind of I hate the term, but the torture porn stuff from, of the American versions of that. And I think that's why it was such a breath of fresh air to a lot of horror fans, you know, myself included. I love the French extreme movies. You know, uh, Martyrs is one of the most beautiful films ever made, which is, I guess, a weird way to describe Martyrs. But that high tension, I love those movies. But when The Strangers came, it was just such an interesting thing that uh, – not that I haven't seen before because it, it definitely reminded me of like 70s horror in a lot of ways. But it, it reminded me that in the positive way. It didn't remind me that like it was knocking off something or it was lifting from something. It felt like very unique. Like Brian Bertino knew his films that he loved. 
He knew the films that inspired him, but he never once lifted from it. And I think that's where horror films really just latched onto The Strangers. That and it's very character driven. We're not worried about kills. We're not worried about, you know, huge set pieces. We're worried about the tension. We're worried about Kristen and James, those characters who are excellently played by Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman. I mean, I'll probably get a lot of crap for saying this, but I was already a huge fan of Scott Speedman because of Felicity. I mean, I loved that show. I loved all four seasons of that silly, dumb show. So when The Strangers came, I was like, oh, wow, he's really good in that. Uh, and it, it showed me like how great of an actor that guy really is. Like I was never a big fan of the Underworld movies, so uh, you know I just kind of like wrote that. I wrote his performances off after that. But The Strangers is just so solid, and it's such a breath of fresh air to follow these characters and have such a character-driven film that just I, I feel like it's not elevated because I really hate that term too. And that's the quickest way to get crucified, which I know from past experience. Uh, I don't know if you or your listeners uh, remember that big Blumhouse piece about Death Wave. Yeah. Uh, I wrote that. And it was <laughs> not a good experience for a couple months <laughs> because I made the mistake of asking that question. Uh, so Strangers doesn't – it's not elevated horror. But it, it, it's kind of like – like I said, Hereditary, The Witch, films like that where it feels like there's such – true and genuine intentions behind it 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 wasn't brian bertino and uh adrian biddle the producer all of them they didn't make the strangers to make a quick buck they made the strangers to tell an excellent story and they did and i think that's one of the keys and, and of course as you know from from writing in horror is that when you're talking to certain subsets you have to watch what you say but it what the difference with this movie is and i'm i'm fine going out on a limb and i i hope that that you'll join me there is that the difference with the strangers is the strangers isn't doing an homage the whole time. And it's not saying, Hey, look at what we're referencing. It's making a film that happens to be done in the stylings of the movies, you know, from the seventies or so just by happenstance, just because for the movie to be effective, that's what it needs as opposed to saying mm-hmm. we're doing this because that's what, what was really successful with that movie in the past. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it just it fires on all cylinders. I mean, not in an action movie kind of way, but in a way that like it's so good at getting under your skin in so many different ways. I mean, one of my biggest fears is, you know, home invasion. You know, I have children, you know, like that's the scariest thing to me is that, you know, like my wife and my kids would, you know, be part of a home invasion and stuff. So it's films like strangers that really do it without getting like really gratuitous, but really get under your skin and make you think about how terrified you are of these things that really scares me. And those are the films that I really latch on to. Like I said, Halloween is my favorite movie of all time. It's also the only movie besides the strangers that just truly still scares me. And I think that's just a testament to the power of the strangers. Uh, It's just one of the most solid films ever made, not even just horror, but just in general, I think it's one of the best movies ever made. Now this might be evil to ask, you know, since you mentioned children and it's kind of saying, which one do you like more? But do you have a particular standout moment or scene when it comes to the strangers for you? Oh my God. That is such a difficult question. Uh, man, that is like harder than like, you know, asked by the nurse, what you want to name your kid when they're born. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's kind of cliche, I bet. But, uh, the moment where Kristen's just like looking around the kitchen and you see the man in the mask kind of creep uh-huh. behind her in the background, that, scene still scares the living hell out of me 
Because, you know, how many times when we're alone do we just kind of like feel something watching us or, you know, just you hear like a little noise somewhere and suddenly your whole night's ruined because you're thinking somebody's about to attack you. Or maybe <laughs> I'm just like neurotic. But uh, that's really good. Uh, and it's I guess it's cheesy, but I think the scene and the moment that really just gets me is the and like you said, if the viewers or the, re- the listeners haven't seen the movie, maybe pause it and then come back because I'm about to give you a spoiler. Spoil uh, it. The scene Spoil that, it. I'm doing it. The <laughs> scene that really gets me, you know, you go through the whole movie with James, the character of James is being completely heartbroken that yeah. the love of his life rejected his proposal. And it's so you could tell in his eyes. Scott Speedman is so good at conveying that. And Liv Tyler is so good at playing that kind of. You know, you know that she wants to take a chance, but she's so terrified. You know, we don't know what happened to her past or her parents, blah, blah, blah. You know, we don't know that. But the the whole movie, you're wishing these people would just survive, you know. And at the end, when they're tied to the chairs and the strangers are about to murder them, he looks down. The character James looks down and the character Kristen is wearing that wedding ring, you know. And it's it's just I mean, that that's more heartbreaking to me than the fact that uh you know they basically get murdered like it's it's so sad that it took that whole night and that horror for her to realize you know what i'm gonna die right now but as i as i'm about to die i want him to know that you know i love him like it's it's sad it's it's i mean it's it's gut-wrenching for me yeah maybe i'm just a softy no, 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 you're, you're not. I mean, that that's the moment that I think sticks with lots of people when they're when they're holding each other's hands, you know, is that they're they know they're going to die. Everything's terrible. You've been through the entire movie and just having that moment where they're able to 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 hold on to their hands that even if they die, that they at least die knowing that that mm-hmm. they were good together and they do have that love. And that's such, you know, that's such a rare thing to, to see personified nowadays without people, you know, getting into hysterics or making a big show of everything and having it be a, a, a quiet moment is more effective. Well, definitely. And it shows uh, a great deal of uh, authenticity. Uh, that, that's another thing that really just stands out about that film to me is how realistic the characters are. Uh, you know, uh, the character of James is not a hero. He messes up so many times in that movie. <laughs> he doesn't know how to load the gun. He drops the bullets once or twice. I mean, Kristen trips and like sprains her ankle. I mean, the whole movie's about just basically them screwing up the chances to survive. <laughs> and I mean, it's almost comical. Like I've never laughed at the movie once, but like you know, it just gives me kind of like this grim satisfaction of seeing a film where it's just like, wow, they're really bad at surviving, but it's fun to watch. <laughs> My standout moment is is an obvious one, but it's still it, it's a I think it uses every single success of the movie and, and kind of puts it in a nice bow and, and just ties it up is Mike walking down the hallway because oh they, my God, yeah. they they have such a great use of of silence and they're switching back and forth between the camera shots. All you're really getting is just the the very quiet floorboard squeaking. You know what's going to happen. <laughs> it doesn't matter yeah. the outcome. You see it. They're going as slow as possible, and everybody's just going, no, 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 no. And then the moment happens, and it still lands. It doesn't matter if you're watching it for the first time or the hundredth time. You're watching it alone or with friends. Every time it gets there, it still has the same effect, and there's no better example of great filmmaking than a scene that continually gets you. 
oh, there's so much tension in that. And I, I've always thought it was kind of like, not silly, because like I said, I've never laughed at it, but I always thought it was kind of like funny that Mike was screwed either way. Mm-hmm. Like he was either going to get shot in the face like he did, or he was going to get, you know, an axe to the back like he was about to. And like, I, I almost wonder if the man in the mask was just like, you know, I could chop this dude right in the back right now, but chances are he's about to get shot in the face. I'm going to let yep. it play out. <laughs> and it, it's such a it's such an interesting moment. And that is another favorite moment of mine. Uh, not so much the tension because it's wonderful, but the moment where James realizes that he just shot his best friend in the face. And that goes with what I'm saying is like James is really bad at surviving. <laughs> it's like, dude, you just shot your best friend in the face. And it, it's so like just I mean, I hate to use the word heartbreaking over and over, but that movie just kills me every single time it has not lost its effect at all to me uh you know the moment where he sees it and then he tries to stop Kristen from going towards mike and it's it's such a sad moment yeah you're gonna choke me up talking about this movie man (laughs) as as much as you've talked about it i'm pretty sure it's not the first time that's happened no not at all um so one question we like to ask which this and thankfully, the last couple of weeks, there's been kind of an easy entry point into it, but which doesn't make it any easier, is that we yeah. always try to find what a modern counterpoint to this film is. Since it's just been the last 10 years, there's probably been one or two here or there. But of course, we're here we are 10 years after the movie's out and we're just months after the sequel came out and it's just now hit uh, VOD. So it kind of gives us an interesting uh, viewpoint mm-hmm. of the original to the sequel so yeah where does the sequel in, in your opinion where is it more successful if it does have points where it's successful and where does it falter more so in comparison if it falters oh boy pray at night uh <laughs> uh pray at night it's a really interesting film to me uh for many reasons uh I I wasn't able to see it during the press screenings or when it hit the theater at first. It took me a while to be able to see it because, you know, family and that kind of stuff. And so I finally watched it, and I really didn't know what to think about it uh, because there are things that I loved about it, and there were things that I just felt the complete opposite of that for. Uh, you know, there were nuances uh, in the way that uh, that Damien – uh, the actor that plays the man in the mask in the, the second one, there were little nuances that he gave certain scenes that I just loved so much. I mean, that pool scene, I think, is one of the best scenes in Jeez. horror in years. So good. It is so good. Like, you know, Damien and Bill Pullman's son just duking it out in a pool. <laughs> uh, that and the, the scene in the van with when the father gets killed. And, uh, I mean, I wanted to give him a high five just because I hated that dude's character in Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> so it's like, you know what? Put that ice pick in his throat. I'm down. No, but uh, there's there's that scene in the second one where the man in the mask is just playing with the guy who's basically dying, and he's just sitting there, and he's sitting there in the van, basically just staring straight ahead as this guy's begging him not to kill him, and then he just like looks at the ice pick, you know, and 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 then Damien's performance in the second one, it's so he's so good, uh, you know, like the look in his eyes is just great, and I love those scenes. I just feel like the film didn't give him much to work with, mm-hmm. uh. Uh, I feel like the characters that we loved in the first one weren't given that much to work with. Uh, I love those things that, that Damien did in those scenes, and I, I like scenes here and there. Like, I think it's a cool movie on its own. Uh, I feel like it's a really weird sequel to my second 
favorite movie of all time. Yes. Uh, you know, if Pray at Night was just called Pray at Night and Strangers Didn't Exist, I'd probably like it a lot more. Uh, but there's a certain things about it that I just, it was hard for me to get on board with. Like I, I didn't like the soundtrack at all, mm-hmm. uh, for a film that takes place nowadays. It was just kind of weird to hear eighties music the whole time. Yeah. Uh, uh, some of, I mean, the smoke looked good in the movie. The, <laughs> the air was smoky. Uh, but I just, you know, like, uh, pinup, uh, the pinup girl, like I just felt like she was just discarded and yes. I, I just, I don't know. It's it's hard. It's hard because, like I said, there were nuances to the man in the mask in the second movie in those couple scenes that I really liked. But as a whole, as a whole, it just didn't do it for me at all. Well, uh, that, that that leads to a good question that I have. That when I was watching the movie, because I made sure to watch it, you know, in the last couple of days for when we were going to be recording this. Um, and you you might hang up in the middle of this uh, question, so I do apologize mm-hmm. in advance. But no you you mentioned that your your number one movie, of course, is Halloween. And yeah. watching Prey at Night, I had this weird moment of disconnect where I was like, Prey at Night very much is to the strangers what Halloween two is to yes. Halloween. And that, that is that is such a good comparison. I never thought I've never thought about it like that, and that makes complete sense. I agree yeah. with you hundred percent. For, for and that's another well, I was going to say, for, for those of you who haven't seen Prey at Night, do go and see it. Definitely comment and let us know because what it's I worth was, watching. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's one of those films where half the movie is trying to capture the magic of the original oh. film and it becomes a much better movie when it tries to stand on its own. That's my issue. I think that's my issue with it. Like I said, if Prey at Night was called Prey at Night and this first movie didn't exist, I probably would have enjoyed it more. But it's just and it's not. See, the thing is, I think Kip Weeks, the actor that played the man in the mask in the first one, did an excellent job. I mean, that movie is perfection to me. And I know that when the second one came out, he kind of did this whole thing saying they destroyed an art form and, and all this stuff. And I don't think that they destroyed an art form. I don't think I don't think it should be slammed like that. It didn't do it for me, but I understand why people did love it, you know? And like I, like I said a couple times now, I just want to get it out there that I feel like people like Damien who played him in the second movie did a great job with what they had to work with. I just didn't think they were given much to work with. I, I think that, that, you know, that that's totally honest and, it, and it's a great opinion and a great way to look at it. Cause I think there's so many people when they watch a movie that doesn't necessarily match like the original or what they hope it to be, they they're automatically 100% negative and they don't try to find, you know, the smaller moments or, or the positives that might be within a, a not then, I'm such film. a, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm such a big believer in, you know, embracing the opinions of others. Art is subjective. I'm never going to tell someone they're wrong for liking something that I didn't or vice versa. My kids love Pray at Night. They think it's light years <laughs> better than the first movie. We've gotten in big debates and they're like, no, dad, you're wrong. Pray at Night's such a better movie than the first one. You know, and you know what? That that means the world to me. I love the fact that there are people out there that love that movie so much. That's cool. Just because it didn't work as much as the first one did to me, you know, it doesn't mean I'm going to start slamming the movie for that. Yeah, of course. Of course. And, and now we, we come to the final question, which of course is the one that we know where you're going to, to land <laughs> on, but cause we have to do it. We got to ask having rewatched the strangers for, I'm going to guess billionth time. And, there, there's no hint of hyperbole there whatsoever. Um, no. 
do you feel that it's still worthy of the reverence we have towards it or do you think that the the sheen is is slightly wearing away from it i've talked to people about that actually within the last few months a good friend of mine loved the movie when it came out and we were, we were having the discussion he was just like you know it just doesn't really do it for me anymore and i mean i don't talk to that guy anymore uh <laughs> no, i'm just kidding uh no but i i think it's just as brilliant just as terrifying just as uh powerful as it is was the first time i saw it uh i mean like i said that movie scares the living hell out of me still i mean uh, uh the house that i just moved out of it was kind of in the middle of nowhere so you know there's so many nights so many nights <laughs> where it's like i would hear something and be like oh no and that was the first thing that popped in my head you know you know Kristen opening up those blinds nothing being there <laughs> or opening up the curtains you know she tries it again and like you know he's right there i think the strangers will always be in my opinion, one of the best films ever made. It doesn't lose a single ounce of its power, and I think it's already considered a classic by a lot of horror fans, and I think it's one of the best horror films of all time. I, I, I will get so much crap for saying this. The Strangers, in my opinion, is just as good as Halloween or Jaws or Psycho or The Exorcist. Strangers is right up there with them, right next to it. Hey, no, I, I'm, I'm there with you. It's a movie that, that I... I graciously defended earlier this year. It's a film that when I first saw it, I wasn't hundred percent sold on it. I'm like, yeah, that's fine and decent, but it didn't really hit me a lot. Did it kind of get under your skin with time? It it's, it's gotten better. It's gotten better. Like I, I awesome. slept on it for, for a period of time. And then several years back, uh, I think it was like maybe four or five years back. Um, the local Alamo here was doing Dismember the Alamo, and the very first oh, one they cool. showed on 35mm was The Strangers, and watching it in the theater and and paying attention to a lot more, uh, you know, being like, okay, I know where the story's going to go. I want to focus on everything else. I was sitting there, and I was watching. I was like, I need to watch this again, and actually rented it a couple weeks later and was sitting down just watching it again without, you know, having drinks in my system and all these friends around me and was like, no, 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 this is a really, really, really well-crafted movie. Everything mm-hmm. is great about it from an acting standpoint, from a sound standpoint, from a cinematography standpoint, the way it's written, the way everything's structured. And so it's it's a movie that I'm happy to defend now because I, I it's one of those movies that I tell people, I was like, have you gone back and watched this movie if you weren't sold on it? Because it's, it's really aged well, especially in a time where we have – such an interesting divide in in horror where you've got the theatrical side of horror and you've got the the indie side of horror and the indie and the festival side of horror is the one that that everybody's like looking to and it's the one that like a24 is going in and snatching up you know and different different uh markets are, are snatching certain movies and the strangers was kind of the opposite, but was setting that stage. It, it very much is in line, like you said, with the A24 and, and that that festival wave of films that's coming up. But it, it got, you know, the theatrical output at the time, and you don't really have that a lot nowadays. Oh, I, I agree. And the only film, I think I mentioned it a couple times already, but <laughs> the only film that has hit me as much as The Strangers did was Hereditary. I, I saw that a little under a month ago with my wife, and it has not left my head a single day since. Uh, I, that's that's the only movie since The Strangers that has really just messed me up. Yeah. If, for, if for some reason I'm crazy enough and I'm still doing this uh, 10 years from now, I will have to contact you and, and have you on for the Hereditary 10-year anniversary. Yeah. Just to, to I am down that. with that, but I, I have a I have a good feeling there's going to be a lot of people wanting to 
to jump on that one instead of me, but I, <laughs> I will have. Well, I, I, I first of all want to just thank you for coming on, but I want to give a, you a moment where you can promote anything you have going on, anything that you want anybody to take a look at out there. This is your moment. Publicize yourself. All right. I guess uh, time for me to plug stuff. Uh, Basically, uh, like I said at the beginning, I, I write for a lot of places, Whorehound. Uh, the publication that I write for that I am so passionate about right now is Phantasm Media. Uh, we, we put out these awesome collectible magazines, each one about a specific person. Like the next one that we're doing is all about the films of Linnea Quigley. And then we have a special one uh, that I don't think has been announced yet, but is one of the, the best genre stars ever. And we're also, we also do the Ace Freely magazine official kiss magazine uh just check out phantasm media and uh if you hadn't if you guys haven't had a chance yet uh my film love is dead turned two yesterday so go watch that go watch that uh it's not safe for work so if that (laughs) uh, you know don't watch it at a cubicle uh don't watch it with your children please uh but watch it uh if you have xanax take it with that because you will need it uh other than that uh, I'm on Twitter at Jerry is just or Jerry is just okay. Uh, come say hi. I'd love to talk to anyone about movies. Well, again, th- thank you for being here. And of course, you guys, you can find Horrorversary at Horrorversary on Twitter. You can find me at Yo Adrian Torres on Twitter. And as I keep on making sure to let everybody know, we are basically everywhere you could hope to find us nowadays. While the main show is at SoundCloud. You can easily find us on Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, Google Play Music, iTunes, wherever you want. If you're doing iTunes, make sure to either subscribe there and also leave a review. If you're not doing it through iTunes, feel free to go on and review it. Let us know how we're doing. We've got so many people that are great lined up. We've got so many interesting movies, not not just like The Strangers, but you've got movies that are both bigger and smaller than The Strangers. The Strangers is a great middle point, and it's a movie that I was so glad that we were able to talk about. And once again, Jerry, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Appreciate it. Until next time, everybody, be good.